RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Watson. And we got Greg Hopkins and Jeff Hobbs on the line with us to start out the evening. We are fresh off of the first event of the new year. It was VFC 68. Went down this past Friday night, January the 10th, at the world-famous Cotton Eye. Joe, you can catch all of the action um, now, if you like. You can go to the Valor Fighting Challenge Facebook page and kind of scroll down a little bit. You'll find where we went live with the video, with the commentary and all that good stuff on our uh, Facebook page. So if you uh, if you missed any of the stuff we're talking about here, you can go back and check it out for yourself um, on the Valor Fighting Challenge Facebook page. So one event in the books, gentlemen. We're uh, This evening we're going to recap said event. Ten big bouts. We'll recap them all, get reactions from our panelists, see how our picks panel did uh, as they started off the new year with this event. And then uh, at the end of the show, we'll uh, dip in a little bit to the uh, UFC 246 event, a uh, major event going on this weekend, pay-per-view with uh, Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone. So, uh, guys, we are we're fresh off an event. Of course, what, you know, uh, of course, Hobbs, our announcer, he he was in the in the cage. We had uh, Greg fighting in the event, and then of course, Justin was uh, was one of the judges there. So we'll get a little bit of perspective from from all angles tonight, which is always kind of cool. Um, guys, we uh, we'll just jump right into this thing. We had uh, we had 10, uh, 10 bouts. We started things off with uh, some grappling action. It was Josie Lunsford taking on Jazzy Sargent. That was a submission-only grappling match set for one 10-minute round, and we didn't get a submission. They, they really went at it early. They seemed like both girls were really going for stuff, and um, as we got towards the end of the 10 minutes, it seems like they both slowed down a little bit. So uh, maybe in hindsight, maybe we'd made that maybe like an eight-minute match. We would have got that that last push to, to get a submission there at the end. Both ladies had their moments. Both uh, ladies showed well, but but no submission. So uh, I'm, that will be no point given for any of the panelists. Uh, Greg, uh, you were uh, you know uh, Miss Jazzy uh, out there. Uh, how did you think? How do you think she did? And how do you think the match was uh, overall? Uh, this for both both girls performing for the first time in the cage uh, in that environment with the crowd there. And uh, to my knowledge, neither one is. I mean, like I think that Josie is like just competed like the other like a week ago or something before this, and uh, in a blue belt in a tournament, and uh, and that was her first time ever. But this was another step up, and Jazzy has never competed either. So like both of them with the nerves that were going back and forth, I was actually. Uh, proud of both of them but uh, I did say last week that I thought it might end in a draw just because I thought they were so evenly matched but I took Jazzy and, and she didn't win but uh, my hat's off but both those girls were impressive uh, but yeah like you said a uh, 10 minute long match we gotta we gotta put some kind of stipulation on that to where there's some overtime in the case so we have a definite winner or some 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 kind of thing each time well, you know, that's we'll get into that a little bit more as as we uh, start to get close to our first uh, Valor grappling event. We've got some things in the works. Uh, you know, we'll kind of go through some of the rule set here on the podcast in the coming weeks. Uh, Jeff Hobbs and I have been working on some things and I'm actually kind of, you know, I guess in that per- particular circumstance, I would agree with you. And you just kind of got one match and, you know, you want to see a winner uh, in the in this team concept thing we're talking about. I, I really like the idea of 
of it being a, a double double out if neither person gets the sub because there really has to be some uh, urgency there to uh, to get the sub. Otherwise, you are uh, you know you're eliminated versus relying on a single takedown or some such at the end. Uh, so hopefully, we I see both know. of these ladies back. What's that, Jeff? Yeah, I was just saying. I mean, I don't necessarily know that I agree with Greg. Or I, I mean, I know Greg was actually in the back a lot getting ready for fights, but I know he's watched, you know, the fights since then. But again, no disrespect to both of those girls. I didn't, it didn't need to go any further. We didn't need yeah. an overtime. Yeah, I, yeah. There was no action in that fight. I'm just telling you because I sit next to the corners, you know, and I'm listening to the coaches begging. Can, can you please just engage? Yeah. There was just so much circling and pacing. There was not a lot of action. They, nobody went for it. They did not go for it until, that 10 second clicker went off, you know, and that was it. So, you know, in a lot of cases, I don't know that, that we really do want to see more, you know? Um, so, you know, if anything, uh, I think we were going to make a change to just that one off, you know, jujitsu match. We, we go back and do it like we did in Nashville when we first did it for the first time, which was if there's no submission by the end of the time limit, we have a referee for that one bout that knows what they're watching, knows how to score jujitsu matches, and we do a referee's decision. So that way there at least is a winner. Yeah. But there are just, you know, there are cases where, you know, that maybe your two competitors are just kind of green and they're not really ready to go for it and they don't have that killer instinct. Maybe we don't want to see another five-minute overtime of the same thing. If you're not going to go for it, you're not going to go for it, whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But maybe we do just – a referee's decision. And, you know, and I think Jimmy Neely would definitely be uh, a legitimate person. You know, uh, he's he's versed enough in jiu-jitsu that I think he's, you know, skilled enough to obviously to make a, pick to a winner. Make a call there, you too. know, because I know when Ray Casillas refed in Nashville, I mean, he knows how jiu-jitsu tournaments are scored. So, you know, he told me, he's like, I'm counting points in my head. You know, I know what I'm watching. I'm counting points in my head. So it's a no-brainer for me, mm. you know, at the end of the bout. You know, I agree. I, this is who won. You know, this is who won, and you either like it or you don't, you know. Do you yeah. think in this case it was a situation where both girls were just super green and maybe a little nerves coming out there in front of the crowd? Oh, absolutely. I think when you get the more advanced, you know, levels, like when we saw, you know, Isaac and uh, Elijah in, um, in Chattanooga and Saudi Daisy, you know, there wasn't a lot of stalling out there. They were, they were really going for it, and I guess that, that no, may no. have something to do with it. You know, when, when, uh, when, when Tidwell and – was it Tidwell and Olsen, I think, yeah. Corey yep. Robeson and uh, whoever else it was. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, they went after it. You know, they're like, fuck this. I'm pulling out. I'm going for damn <laughs> some crazy-ass shit. Like yeah. they, so it, it makes complete difference. Yeah, let me preface by saying I'm no, in no way, shape, or form saying that these girls, you know, were anything other than just really green and nervous. You know, like – I'm locked in a cage. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. watching. The place is quiet. And I, you know, I want to make my corners happy. I want to make my coach happy. And I don't want to slip up. You right. Know? Um, you know, like, oh, there's got to be pressure to have Elijah in your corner. The dude's a, you know, freaking beast. Yeah. Um, He's an intense I, guy. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to screw up in front of him. I want to make him proud. So, you know, it makes you kind of hesitant. That That's the only, that's 100% what I think happened. Not that they're not any good. It's it just that they were just really, really hesitant. And, and wanting to make, you know, their coaches and corners proud by not losing, not necessarily winning, but by not losing. 
you know, so it's kind of what I hope what these uh, these grappling events kind of lead to is we get your greener people getting some competition in under those settings. You know, maybe we are, uh, you know, kind of pick and choose a little better on the MMA events when we add a grappling match to, you know, you know make sure we've got some people that have kind of been out there and, and experienced and are, and are going to go for it and, uh, you know, put on a show. Uh, uh, you know, you know, as well as anybody, nobody goes out there fighting not to lose. Sure. Well, I think that cage plays a big role too when it comes to jiu-jitsu because you can use it for leverage on just about anything if you get in that corner. And I mean, like, there was points and times in the fight where, like, in the beginning where Josie had got Jazzy in a triangle, but they were right there in that corner. And I think Jazzy was able to pull up against, the, like, you know, back out and get against, you know, come up against cage. And there was another time when Jazzy went to take Josie down, and the cage stopped him from the takedown. So I just think it's a big deal. It plays a big difference. But yeah. Uh, they were both green. I agree with uh, with Jeff. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think they were both green too. But moving on to bout number two, it was amateur MMA, and it is MMA from here on out. This was three three minute rounds, and it was the debut for both of these gentlemen at catch weight one hundred sixty five pounds. We had Quinn Hunter making his debut from Nashville, an independent fighter, but uh, he had trained some with Kyle as we'd said, still a current high school student. There at uh, Blackman in Nashville, he wrestles and, uh, you know, an athletic kid uh, made his way out here uh, in the middle of the school week and uh, was kind of on his own. You know, he uh, but he, he really handled himself well. I thought he was super nervous after talking to him afterward. He said that he, he didn't really know how to handle the nerves out there uh, being a young guy. And he admitted that. But, uh, you know, it ended up being uh, Bronson Bazorgi from KMAA who got the win there in the second round. And technically, it was a corner stoppage. Uh, he was being cornered by the Goon Squad guys' uh, corner. And um, the first round was, uh, you know, it was uh, it was mainly Bronson Zorgi, but I felt like, uh, you know, uh, Quinn did a really good job of showing resilience. He was in a really tight guillotine that he, he never tapped to and uh, ended up coming out on top and having some moments. Uh, of course, Zorgi trained there at KMAA by Eric Turner, Joey Zonar, and he was—he's uh, an all-action guy. You know, he—he he comes forward, he's swinging, and uh, you know, you never know what to expect out of debuts. But a very impressive debut from Bronson in the second round. He got—he uh, got Hunter down and had his had his legs kind of tied up and mount, and he wasn't really there for long before the corner threw in the towel. So I don't think that Quinn really took a whole lot of damage there so much as the corner just, I guess, thought that he was in a spot he wasn't going to get out of. But uh, both guys. Uh, put on a great fight had the crowd really going it was uh it, it was a really fun one and uh you know hopefully we get to see quinn back as he uh his he matures and uh continues to, to get better he needs to get with a good team out there in nashville because he's got a lot of those intangibles that you can't teach uh just being you know toughness and uh you know athleticism he's got a good build on him uh bronson we're gonna see back real soon he is actually on a quick turnaround he'll be back at valor 69 february the 2nd on the undercard of uh, Robbins versus Farhat Begovich, as he'll be taking on the debuting Christian Lee from Morristown. So, uh, and that, that's another young buck. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, Jeff. Your thoughts on this one? This was uh, this was a uh, this was a fun one. Yeah, definitely, man. It was uh, it was fun. These, these these were young cats though, too, weren't they? Mm-hmm. 18, yeah, 18 yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, I really felt bad. Is it Hunter Quinn or Quinn Hunter? All right, I kept I'm sorry, it's Quinn Hunter. Yeah, Quinn Hunter. Quinn Hunter, yeah. yeah. Um, felt bad for the kid, man, because he was – He, you can tell he emotionally, like, invested a lot in this bout. Yes. Regardless whether he was independent or whatever, um, I mean, he wanted to win that bout, and he 
he was pretty tough on himself after the after the thing. And I, you know, I talked to him a little bit and was just like, "Kid, like, stop beating yourself up, yeah. man. You just walked in here on short notice, and you look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you looked a lot. That kid looked a lot better than some of the people we've seen in the past." who are older, have been around the block, oh, actually yeah. train in gyms. I mean, the kid, he's got potential, man, and I like the kid, uh, you know, but he had his mom there with him, and I know there's a lot of pressure too, but um, I know at the end of the night when we were doing our Of the Night Awards, this was one that me and Tim, when we were going over it, it was right up in there. Until yeah. that, you know, Morgan Hickam fight happened, uh, we had this already jotted down on paper as our fight of the night. These kids were going to get rewarded for putting on a show for everybody. Um so, I mean, to me, that's – if you want to know what I think of the fight, I thought of it enough that that was the fight of the night until Morgan uh, and, and and the other girls' fight happened. Um, I loved it, man. The kids went for it. Uh, you know, and I play around on the mic with the crowd and stuff like that, but I really meant it. I was like, man, y'all guys in the back better watch out. These young, these young kids are bringing it. Absolutely. Uh, and it seems like every time every time we have a team bout on the card, I feel that way for some reason. Like these kids really look sharper than some of our quote unquote veterans, you know, sometimes. Uh, so love the fight, man. It was high energy. Um, you know, just loved how the kids just go for it, man. They just let it all hang out. Uh, and they truly, if they stick with it again, it's what we talk about cage side when we're watching the fight, like the, uh, the Quinn kid, it's like, you're only 18. And the other guy's not much older. But it's like, can you imagine if you get in the gym and stick with this, when you're 24 years old, how seasoned you're going to be, you know? Um, so love the fight, love the kid's attitude, love, you know, their gusto. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was my fight of the night until someone else swept in and took it <laughs> at the end of the night. That That's going to be a theme, actually, as we go throughout the evening. Uh, Greg, you get a chance to see this one? Uh, yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. I was sitting there with you guys watching it go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I agree, uh, yeah, that was fight of the night until – I mean, Morgan, I didn't get to see, but, like, the first round of that, I was getting paper and I had to go back. But, uh, yeah, hell of a fight. I, and uh, both guys wanted it. You know, both guys were going after it. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that one. The last – oh, well, let's get our results there. How, how did that How did that one shake out there, uh, Justin? Was there, that was unanimous? Yeah, that was a clean sweep for the panelists. Everybody picked Bronson, Bronson on that one. Okay. Moving on to the last, it was a very short amateur uh, card here. It was uh, the final amateur bout was a featherweight contest, 145 pounds. It was Bradley Brakefield of the Goon Squad in Union, South Carolina, coming over at, with a record of two and two. He was fresh off of a, a loss. He'd won two in a row, and then he lost to Alex Pergande. So he was looking to bounce back here, taking on Jalen Harper of the American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee, teammate of the main event, Billy's uh, Big Sexy Billy Swanson, we're going to talk about here a little bit later. Jalen coming in at 1-0 and in his young MMA career. He won a uh, decision over Nabil Khan back at Saudi Daisy. Uh, this one a back-and-forth affair, but uh, Bradley Brakefield just uh, tended to get the better positions on the ground uh, and uh, and got that one with a split decision, two rounds to one. Um, and on most, on two, well, it was two rounds to one on all three judges' scorecards. One judge gave it two to one for Jalen, the other two for Bradley Brakefield, who moves to three and two now. Jalen drops to one and one. And, uh, you know, Brakefield is, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of uh, back-and-forth here, you know, wins and losses. Uh, you know, the loss to Bergande was against a top prospect, but he's he's taking care of business against everyone else we've thrown at him uh, thus far. Greg, your thoughts? 
Greg, you there? Did we lose Greg? Yep, sure did. All right. Okay. Hey, sorry. Oh, it's okay. I just I just thrown it to you. What's what 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 happened? Um, okay. Did you hear my breakdown of Breakfield and um, Harper? Oh, Breakfield and Harper. No, but I remember the fight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Essentially, I, I'll, I'll just um, I'll just uh, Jerry. Can you edit where I threw it to Greg? Okay. Cool. All right, Greg. Your thoughts? Uh, I remember the fight. Uh, I actually I thought that Jalen might have got the first and third round and maybe have pulled off a victory. I know he lost the second round for sure. But the spinning back fist in the first round, I know that caught a lot of people's eyes, and uh, that was uh, it was pretty it was a pretty rough hit right there. And I think just uh, there was just one one or two moments of flurries where Breakfield was able to get the position, but I still thought Jalen won the first round, and I still thought Jalen won the third round. But uh, but Breakfield is is uh, is really still turning heads, man. Like he he lost uh, he lost or he lost to. Pergonde, and then he's come back, and he beat Harper. Harper's a tough opponent, man. Harper was 1-0 coming into this one, and now Breakfield beat him. And uh, where does that put Breakfield now? Because, you know, that was the number one contender spot against, you know, I hate to put you on the spot, but, I mean, like, what's going on now with Breakfield? Who, well, who? that's a good one to seg into to Hobbs. I'll throw it to Hobbs here. But we were talking about this at Cage side, just about different, you know, uh, possible outcomes and what could happen from here with each one. And, you know, I, I thought that this one was uh, – I, I I thought the judges got it right personally. I, I had uh, I had Breakfield win in the first two, and I thought Harper came on in the third two a little too late, uh, my my opinion. Uh, Hobbs, your thoughts on this one and uh, you know, in, in any kind of input on where both these guys go? Oh, it's a hard one here because I can tell you right it was now a hard that Breakfield is honestly uh, going to be better suited at 135, and I've been talking to him afterward, and he's going to make that drop to 135, and we got talks of doing Bradley Breakfield and Jackson Donovan in March. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, we were kind of playing matchmaker during the fight because, <clears throat> you know, we're watching about going, well, if it goes this way, we can do this. If it goes this way, we can do this. And, you know, uh, not that the kid fucking owes me anything, but – um, you know, I was really let down by, you know, uh, Jalen. Uh, and just from a pick's point of view, I should say, you know, let down from a pick's standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, I heard somebody say, and I don't think it's unfair. I don't think it's an unfair statement. Somebody just said, I heard somebody say after the fight, I guess he's just not where we thought he was at at this point. You know, if, if, if everybody, you know, thinks that that's a fair statement, I, I do. Sure. Uh, not that he's bad. He's just maybe not where we thought he was at this point. Because I thoroughly thought he, I, mean, I was confident in this pick. And, you know, he comes from a great gym, has great training partners. I would have bet, you know, my money at the end of the night that Jalen was going to win this fight. I, I just 100% thought he would, no questions asked. Um, so I was definitely very surprised that he didn't. And, you know, therefore, I, like I said, I think it's kind of a fair statement. He just wasn't where we thought he was at yet. We, we, we thought we disregarded that he was only one and zero. We totally disregarded that. And we based everything based on the gym he was at, the coaches that he has and the training partners we had. And we totally threw out the fact that the guy's only been in the cage one time. Uh, Now that's probably not fair. It's probably not fair to him, but that that's our problem. We did that, not him. We did that. Um, So, you know, I I do think that was a fair statement. He's just not where we were yet. We expected him to be better than he was at this point in his amateur career based on a lot of factors that are have nothing to do with him and they're out of his control. Um, but the plan was, was, you know, our 145 champ 
only has a couple fights under his belt. He's just kind of a prodigy who was able to step right in and take a belt from a very seasoned person. Our number one contender in the crazy Russian Alex Perconde from Nashville, young kid. He's a number one contender now and getting ready for a title fight with just three fights. So had Jalen won this bout, he's 2-0 right there at the same record as our title holder and our number one contender. So the thought going into this fight was if Jalen wins this fight, he was going to be on standby or kind of our standby if for any reason Pergande or Lewis couldn't make the projected March 28th bout that he was going to be able just to slide right in. If, sure. if Lewis can't make the bout, you know, unfortunately he would have been way too many months without a title defense. Um, and it would be Perconde versus uh, Jalen, you know, for the, for the title. Or right. if Alex could make it for some reason, then Jalen would slide right in. So, um, yeah, that was one of those matches where the matchmaker has in his head, this is what we're going to do. And then you go, well, shit. Um, and it was only a well shit moment because Brakefield just lost to our number one contender. Sure. So, you know, it would be hard to say that we're going to slide Brakefield into, right. you know, if one of the guys were to fall out of that March 28th bout, well, how do you justify Brakefield going against Alex for the title when Alex just beat Brakefield sure. uh, for the title, or you know, if if Alex could make the fight, that the number one contender that had to pull out for whatever reason, now the guy that he just beat gets that title. So, so it kind of did muddy those waters, you know, uh, for us. But sounds like Tim's found a plan, move Brakefield to thirty-five, and he's probably going to be right in the mix at that weight class. Uh, and at this point, I say, yeah, I mean, you know, fingers. At the end of the day, the guy is uh, he's three and one in the Valor cage now with his only loss being to one of the top prospects, you know, is still yeah. uh, still still chugging along. Yeah, I don't think it's you know, I don't think it's bad to say at this point with him out of the picture. If something happens to that March 28th bout title fight, even though Joseph Long's last fight was a loss, he's earned the right for that rematch right. with a stellar with a stellar record. You yeah, know, being an ex, yeah, being an ex champ, losing the belt, but having twelve, you know, amateur fights or whatever crazy number it is, um, he's not somebody you have to explain why he moved into that slot. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where you change change gears. Is that uh, you know that that bout doesn't come to fruition for any reason? Joseph Long should probably be the person who slides into that if he chooses it. Absolutely. Justin, how we come out on that one? Um, Paul and I mean uh, Paul's the only one that got that one with Brakefield, Hobbs, and and Greg both took Jalen. Paul out to an uh, Paul Teague, the Ninja Turtle, our other our other panelist, by the way. He uh, out to an early lead. It sounds like as we go to our professional card, it was a uh, a, a weird situation here. It was uh, it was uh, Dre Dre Kumiley coming back off. Uh, of a loss to, uh, to Cody Durden for the uh, Bantamweight Championship a couple months back uh, as he uh, looks to right the ship here against Jeremy Rogers in a rematch. Uh, the first time, Jeremy had a rib injury that, that forced him out of that, that fight early. Uh, uh, this time, uh, the stand-up exchanges were actually pretty good. I, I got to say, uh, Jeremy, uh, he, he tagged Dre a couple times that I, I'm pretty fairly confident that Dre 
felt, you know. Uh, Dre, once he took it to the ground, it was a whole other story. Uh, I got the feeling that maybe Dre uh, was was looking to maybe get a little bit of cage time in there. Uh, you know, it seemed like he was cruising a little bit on top. Uh, you know, he's over in the corner in front of Eric Turner trying to listen and do as his coach says. So, as his coach said, so, uh, you know, one may think I, you know, I would be led to believe that uh, he was maybe trying to trying to get a little bit of cage time, trying to work some things, maybe trying to get that gee even, uh, you know, for the submission of the night that War Tribe was going to give out. So, uh, you know, it, it, he, he went a little bit longer this time and then out of nowhere, um, you know, it, he was working him a little bit from the top. But, it, you know, it was uh, it seemed like kind of a measured kind of controlled situation at the moment. And then out of nowhere, Jeremy Rogers tapped and uh, apparently there was a knee, a knee injury. Uh that I'm not exactly sure how that came about because he was on his back. Um, unless, you know, the only thing I can imagine is maybe, maybe Dre drove one of his knees into his, I don't, I don't really know how it happened, but there was a, another injury situation where, uh, uh, Jeremy had to tap out with, uh, uh, a knee a knee issue this time so dre declared the winner by verbal submission i guess it would be technical submission maybe verbal submission um in the first round he he moves to seven and three now and uh not not no big surprise here uh greg uh i, I was watching this one i don't know what happened either like it was that was he kept taking off to dre's you know this you know Dre's side where he's missing his eye and he kept trying to tag him on that side and use it to his advantage and like you said he tagged him a couple times and finally they got the ground and then they got the ground and then something happened and Jeremy just started crying out and then the fight got stopped that's I, I don't know what happened either I don't know but <clears throat> I thought that I thought that I was gonna say that if you didn't I thought that I he was my dark horse for the night to try to get the gi and I was like I didn't even think about Dre getting that gi from Roger he could. He could probably get him right here. And then, then Rush started crying out, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure Dre was like, Yeah, Dre was a little kind of like WTF, too. Uh, yeah. Jeff, it was right there in front of us. Could you tell what happened any better? Do you really want me to comment? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, man, dude, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, you got somebody like Jeremy. He's a good guy. He really is. I just don't know what his motivation is, you know, and I was about to say, fuck it. I just keep, I'm just going to say it and keep yeah. it real. Like, you know, I'm, we're just sitting there case side and I'm just, we're calling them the, sh we're calling our shots, man. We're shooting layups here and we're just going, it's either going to be a shoulder, a knee or a rib. You know, <laughs> something's going to, there is going to be an injury and it's going to be one of those three body parts. And it's like clockwork. You just know it's going to be. Now, I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to be in there or if he's frail and just really is his body, you know, is, is uh, you know, just not holding up. Yeah, yeah just giving, that, giving up on him and breaking down on him. And, and maybe it's just not a high tolerance, a uh, high threshold for pain. I, I don't know what it is, but we're to the point where, you know, there is no – there's no intrigue at all. Usually we watch Valor fights and there's intrigue because you don't, you have a feeling who's going to win, but you don't know. And yeah. I just feel like we're at the point now with, with this um, participant that we know, we, we, we know what's going to happen. So um, now again, my disclaimer is 
whichever one of those reasons, it could legitimately just be his body is just, it's beat up, it's broken down over the years. You know, a lot of professional fights, a lot of amateur fights, traveling, short notice fights. Maybe it's caught up with them, but we're, we're just at that point where, um, you know, it's one thing for us watching it, knowing that he's going to lose. But I don't know if he's at the point where he's taking fights and he goes into them knowing he's going to lose too sure. and is okay with it. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's my take on it, guys. Clean sweep there, Justin, on Zoom. Oh, yeah. All right. Moving on to our next bout. This is one that uh, had some intrigue to it and some drama and uh, just a overall pr- good fight, I got to say. Uh, it was welterweight action. It was uh, the Ninja Turtle, Paul Teague, one of our panelists for this quarter, coming in at one and one from the Goon Squad, Union, South Carolina. And uh, he was taking on Roy Real Steel Sanders, uh, two and 16, coming into this one, a staple. Uh, on the scene for a decade now. Um, you know, Roy's a guy that has fought a who's who of all the tough guys out there and generally hasn't come out on the winning side of them, but tonight would be a different night. Um, the guys, uh, they went at it right away. There was a Paul got Roy in the clinch and was delivering some some really hard uh, body, uh, knees to the body, few knees to the head mixed in, and, and they were popping, and I was, uh, you know, Roy, uh, you know, he, he he was taking him, though. He was taking him like a champ. Uh, eventually was able to break free. The fight went to the ground. There were some submission attempts from Roy that Paul defended gallantly uh, while clubbing Roy very hard in the said submissions. But finally, Roy is able to transition into an armbar late, and the crowd goes wild as Roy Real Steel Sanders gets the armbar submission late in the first round over Paul Teague. And gets that third pro win. And, uh, you know, Roy's like, it's just a feel-good moment when these things happen, you know. Uh, Jeff? Uh, yeah, this is one of those things, guys, where you love being wrong, okay? You know, yeah. you don't mind being wrong in this fight. I picked against Roy. Why wouldn't I pick against Roy? You know, um, but fuck it. I, I don't mind yeah. being wrong, man. You, <laughs> I, I lose a damn bet, and I know I just went down on our damn bet card. And I'm the first one, you know, clapping. I'm the first one smiling, clapping, <laughs> and, you know, standing up. So, I mean, what do you say? Um, it's, it's just the way it is, man. You got to feel good for the guy. He keeps chugging along. Look, this would be the same thing if Jeremy Rogers fucking wins a fight. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to cheer, and I'm going to yeah. clap, and I'm going to smile. <laughs> and I'm going to feel good about it because he did it. It's the same thing, you know. Uh, a little different from Roy because he has won fights before. But they, they come few and far between. But, man, you yeah. just got to – you got to um, admire his tenacity and his fucking just, you know, he keeps chugging along, man, and uh, just happy for it. You know, and, and the opposite side, I mean, this should be a lesson to Paul. Like, dude, you cannot – sometimes, you know, I say it all the time, I, I, I got kids on my football team. You're not as – basketball team you're not as good as you think you are and i'm not saying that paul's not good but it's like hey I'll, I'll interrupt you there paul told me directly and, and made no no secret about it said he didn't train for this fight yeah and that's what i'm saying i i think it's not that paul's not as good as he thinks he, i think in this end he absolutely just said to himself this is roy sanders and took it for granted i don't have to train for this fight i don't have to it was he over or he underestimated his opponent and you're taking it lightly. You never know what that other guy is doing, man. And Roy's probably getting it hell every day. You know, this was his UFC title fight in his mind, and he's probably trained like it. And fucking Paul, 
I thought this was a, a fucking layup, man. This is easy. It's Roy Sanders, man. It showed. And he got fucking exposed, you know, as such. And, you know, I'm glad. I don't even, well, I don't want to say I'm glad. I don't know how I feel about him admitting that, you know, to sure. you, honestly. Because to me, that would be embarrassing to admit that. I didn't train for that fight. Well, fuck. That's, yeah. is that a good thing that you're telling me that? Right. That's kind of, you know, like, do you think that that helps your argument that you didn't train for this fight? Now, as a matchmaker and as a promoter, now I've got to worry the next time you want on a fight card or I'm trying to book you in a fight that I'm right. trying to sell to the public and, and justify my ticket price and fans coming in and seeing it. And you're telling me you sometimes you aren't going to train for a fight. I, you know, hell, I don't even know if that was something I would have said. Greg, uh, your uh, Roy uh, ran into you last time out, and uh, not the favorable results. I'd, so I'd say uh, you had a little bit, little part of you cheering for Roy here. Not to mention you pissed him. Yeah, I had a lot of bit of me cheering for Roy because uh, I don't know if you noticed them black shorts he was wearing. Uh, he uh, he had to borrow them from me, man, because he took off and left his shorts at home, and <laughs> he, usually, he usually wears those the long border shorts, you know. And I said, man, all I got is these black ones, and they're brand new, so you can't lose in them. He goes, I ain't going to lose in them. Yeah. <laughs> I said, hell yeah, dude. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I was actually getting my hands taped, which it really didn't matter because Mark was taping my hands. So, like, as soon as it happened, we both stood up and were fist pumping, you know. And uh, and it just uh, everything, I was just sitting there thinking about it being Paul's birthday and everything. And then, But then you said he came up to you, and he didn't say, you know, train for this fight. I, I know exactly what I would have said to Paul in that moment. That's your own fault. And that's all I would have said to him. You should have trained. I don't care who you're fighting. It doesn't matter who you're fighting. You better fucking be training. Yeah. He, and the way I see it is, you know, a lot, you know, it, whether, you know, regardless of where you kind of clock your opponent here, if, if, if you're to the point where you think, where you feel you've got to lay up over your opponent, then I would imagine that you still want to be improving your own skill set during this time you know as you're attempting to build your record early yep all right how do we do on that one i know we had a split on that one didn't we justin yeah greg is the only one that picked correctly on that one so uh him and paul are, are even right now hobbs down one Hobbs down two actually up next we go whoa, to whoa recount what I'll say that again you're hold, down, hold the fuck on. No, you're, yeah, you're, you're down, down one. Two. You've gotten two wrong. Yeah, okay, yeah. He, but I'm he, only he's gotten two wrong, but he's only down one because the one of each of the others got one of those wrong, too, essentially. Yeah. All right. There's some fucking shenanigans going on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got the uh, females. It was a featherweight bout. Moriel Charneski, all the way from Austin, Texas. Uh, a pleasure to work with her and her, her coach, uh, Sean Cooper. Uh, just very professional all the way around. Uh, taking on Morgan Hickam from KMAA, looking for her first pro win coming in at 0 and 2 and these ladies went all the rounds it was really close i mean really freaking close a split decision um on this one uh, a lot of it taking place on the mat uh both girls having their moment on top 
Uh, it was two rounds to one on all three judges' scorecards with two of the three judges giving that fight to Morgan Hickam. Uh, a, a few dissenting uh, opinions if you go back and watch the live stream. A lot of people on the live stream thought it went the other way. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it was super close. It ended up being the fight of the night, and it was Morgan Hickam picking up her first pro win uh, over Moriel Charneski. I hope to see Miss Charneski back over here because uh, we've got a lot of females over here that she can match up with, and they were so awesome to deal with, so professional. Congrats to Morgan getting that first pro win. I know that that is a monkey off her back that, uh, you know, uh, not been a great topic of conversation, her pro career since it, it began. So now it's been uh, it's definitely uh, on the turnaround, if you will. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? I was getting finished taped at the beginning of this. And the beginning of the fight, it looked like uh, it looked like Morgan was losing the fight. And then, I don't know, I walked back to the back and I just heard the crowd going crazy over and over again, back and forth. Uh, so I, I didn't even get to watch that fight for the most part. But uh, hats off to Morgan. I know I picked against her, but I know that I've picked for her the last couple times. And every time I pick her, it seems like she loses. So I'm, I'm glad I picked against her. I'm glad she won. I'm happy for her to get that first pro win. Jeff, really close one here. Our only, uh, our only split decision of the – no, no, we had a split decision on the amateur. Right? We had two, two split decisions. Yeah, um, you know, obviously we start out by prefacing fight of the night, and it was well deserved. I don't feel, I don't feel any certain way about that decision. Like I don't, I mean, if I feel like something was wrong, I feel pretty confident I express yeah, it. It was uh, like super close. And yeah, and I just I, I didn't, regardless of who's hometown, who's not. Um, I don't like a decision. I, I usually tell you, Tim. Right. I, I just. I didn't feel bad feel about strongly this. There about was nothing it. about this one. Yeah, there was nothing about this one that, you know, I was not shocked and um, wouldn't have been shocked either way. I, I definitely, I hate it when I read and, and see people say robbery. If, if a fight is good, how can you say it was a robbery? Now, say what it really is. Man, that was close. And I feel like this fighter won, but don't say, like, it was a robbery. It was a setup, you know, or, or, you know, that's just, God, it pisses me off. It's horseshit. No, it was a close fight. And when you have close fights and split decisions, a split decision means just one judge saw one round. one round differently than the others. That's how close a split decision is. You know, people get mad at split decisions. Like I, I look at it from the judging standpoint and it's like, that means we all agreed except one round. One guy just saw one round differently. That is so easy to do, you know. Everybody. So I hate the robbery. I hate all that shit. That was a. It was a really, really good fight. Um, you know, I I feel like it was one. Oh, then, listen, there wasn't a lot of damage done in this fight. I, I feel like the fight was won simply by position, the time, the time someone. Uh, control on the mat. You know, if you, I, I don't know this to be true. Somebody could probably rewatch the tape and prove me to be a liar. But my gut feeling is, if I was in that judge's chair and I was using an in, an internal clock in my head, that Morgan had top position and control on the ground more minutes and seconds uh, than Charneski. That's just how the fight felt to me watching it live. Was she held that uh, dominant position more than Charneski did and. Therefore, if there's not a lot of action anywhere else, that's all you have to go on 
to uh, score the bout, then that's how you got that winner. You know, um, you know, I've picked against Morgan um, every other fight in her pro career, and I've come out on the, you know, on top. But I just felt that this was the one, so I, I, I picked her to win this fight for the reasons that we talked about at the end of the show last week. Is everyone else that she's fought so far has just been a bruiser who just runs forward, goes after her, swings for the fences, and overwhelms her. And she gets timid, and I don't mean scared as in she's scared of the girl, but scared she's going to take a shot, and she looks away and just you know gets blitzed and fight over. Uh, I knew that Tarneski probably was not going to have that strategy. And immediately, if she didn't blitz Morgan, then Morgan had a shot. And then at that point, I think if she's got a shot, she's going to get her to the ground, and maybe some of that, you know, the training at KMAA and with all those other girls, that now it's going to pay off, and she's going to hold position, and it held true. I will say this is probably when been, it was probably one of my favorite <clears throat> post-fight um, interviews to do. I, I don't really like post-fight interviews. I think it's odd for me. It's you know trying to think of something to say, just spur of the moment, and and not. But that one was easy for some reason because you felt so much. You know, as soon as I looked at her, I could tell she wants to cry. And there was just there was so much emotion in, inside of her. You knew what she was feeling. You knew what uh, relief this had to be. And so that was kind of just an organic, you know, off-the-cuff interview afterwards. And it was really just about letting her have her moment that you can tell, like you said, it's been a sore subject probably for a long time now with her. And I was happy to just hand her the mic and give her that moment and let her share that with her husband. Uh, and so it was, it was one of those like just beautiful moments to me um, to watch her get that out of the way and be at peace with, you know, maybe you are meant to do this. You know, uh, it wasn't off nothing. Your, your amateur career wasn't a sham, you know, just all those things that may have been creeping up in her head. So, uh, Definitely a f one of, other than Roy, this was, you know, the feel-good fight of the night for me. Of course, uh, we, you know, with some content you can't get anywhere else, my co-host Justin Watson was one of those three judges and the dissenting judge, I might add, that saw it the way of Charneski. Uh, we won't get too in-depth here, but uh, Justin, a uh, quick uh, synopsis of, uh, you know, your, your view on the fight. It, you, you know, I, I said, you know, it's a close one. You're like, yeah, that, that was close. Yeah, I I deal a lot more in in you know damage holds a lot more weight to me I think than um, just kind of holding somebody in place uh, and I felt like Tarneski just kind of landed the, the bigger shots um, you know when she did have control she was landing more um, but yeah I mean it was a super close fight it, you know it's one of those that like you said just kind of depends on on what the judge weighs on more you know some some way a little more on just taking somebody down and laying on them but. Um, you know, super close. It could have went either way for sure. How did our panelists go? Hubs the only one to get that one right, bringing us uh, all back even. Even Steven going oh, yeah. the next win. And uh, it was a short one here, short and sweet on this next one. Cruiserweights pro debuts Lance Abbott out of the Newport Combat Club, uh, making his pro debut against Frankie Jones out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. And this one, um, it wasn't, it didn't, it was very short and sweet, shortest fight of the night. Lance Abbott with a Blitzkrieg uh, drops, uh, drops Mr. Jones and lands a big kick to the head as he's going down. Uh, super close. 
close, but uh, but ultimately it was called legal and uh, and devastating. And Lance Abbott's a strong dude, and um, and he's a powerhouse. He's a guy. He kind of like that was his uh, his statement. You know, I'm here and uh, uh, and ready to to wreck some shit. So uh, I, I believe uh, you know there's not not a whole lot to say about this one, Jeff. No, um, just to make sure I heard you correctly. Though. So, uh, I- you talk to the referee, he deemed that last kick legal, or did he deem it, I could have made a mistake, it happened so quick? Which oh, one? no. No, so as I was as I went over there towards the door, cage door, I heard him leaning over, and uh, it was Jimmy Neely, and uh, and Chris Bond was the other referee, and he was leaning over and telling Chris, he, it, telling Chris Bond, you know, essentially going into the statement of this is why I didn't call that illegal, but I didn't stick around it. I was like rushing past, so I didn't like hear the whole spiel, but he was getting ready to tell him why he did not call that illegal. I got you. Um, so there was some I mean, reason. I'd be interested just, I was about to say, I mean, just I'd be interested in hearing what that reasoning was. Sure. Um, now, now, granted, I don't think it was done with malice or intention. No. I think it was just in the, mo- in the moment, throwing everything he could to make this a dramatic knockout. Uh, and it and it just fucking happened. Um, now I don't think it was like really damaging. The, the it was the punches that landed his ass on the ground is what did the damage. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think it was a brutal kick or anything. But it, I, in my mind, and I, when I say the word definite, I'm just definite in my mind. Uh, I could be completely wrong. In my mind, it was yeah, it was definitely an illegal kick. He was he was down on the ground, and I think the guy just was just so into the moment. He was fucking throwing everything in the kitchen sink. Oh yeah, and, uh, Lance and, and that was just yeah, and that was just and that was just one of them. He he was feeling himself and as well he should. But uh, like I said, there's not much you can say about it, man. It was just it was just quick. Let's just get the kid. Uh, let's get him back in there, man. Yeah, you know, and this and, uh, is one that I really was – I wanted to make him and Eric Olson really quick uh, for uh, for February because, you know, Lance didn't have any damage there. He was in and out, and I feel like him and Eric Olson would just be like a war. You know, I feel like that's a, nobody's shooting no tape yeah. there. It would be a lot of fun, but it doesn't look like the timing is going to work out for that one after all, unfortunately. Um, we were real close, but uh, so far away at the same time. Greg, did you get a, can- a chance to catch this one, or were you in the back? <laughs> yeah, I watched the the little bit of it, like the, what it was. Uh, I, yeah, a spectacular performance by Abbott. Man, he just came out. <laughs> he just, I don't know. He just came out. He didn't have there. Was, it didn't look like there was going to be another option. It just that was <laughs> it. I mean, that and then like I just remember them saying, "Hey, here goes, here it goes." And, yeah. then, uh, and I told those telling my team, I was like, all right, we're up next. They're like, you're up next? Dang, okay, well, we need to get going, going, going. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So we get going, and then we had that intermittent. I was like, all right. <laughs> it was like 40 seconds. Like, oh, we're, well, we're next. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, I, didn't, I got to see it online, but I didn't get to um, watch it live. I wish I could have seen that KO live, though. Clean sweep, Justin, yes? Yes, sir. All right, moving on to the final portion of the card. It was our own Greg Hopkins here taking on Brian Jackson in a catch weight of 175. Uh, the second round was when Greg uh, found the sweet spot and uh, gets, uh, you know, drops Brian uh, with a big shot. And um, I guess the official ruling there uh, after some ground and pound was that Brian verbally submitted. Uh, Brian insisted that he was not submitting. Jimmy insists that he was. So, you know, I was, it was really loud in there at this point, the place it was going nuts when Greg dropped him. So I couldn't hear exactly what was being said. 
Um, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, if you're if you're talking in there at all, and you you know you kind of run the risk of uh, of being misinterpreted, I guess in that moment, especially if you're taking damage. So uh, you know, only uh, Greg, him, and the referee kind of maybe sort of knows what, what was said in there, but ultimately Greg gets the finish, uh, but not without uh, trepidation as uh, the first round uh, was uh, for the most part, all, all Brian Jackson uh, who, uh, who got the first round with uh, some pretty good damage to Greg, who, uh, who was uh, lost his footing early, ended up going to the ground and was underneath Brian for a good amount of time there. And I would imagine a long enough to, to secure that first round. Uh, but Greg uh, reaches down and, uh, you know, doesn't give up. Got to commend him for his uh, tenacity at that point because he had taken some pretty good shots. Uh, there was one shot that I just re- like you were coming towards us, me and Hobbs, and he hit you. And I saw something in your eyes change like, what? No, no, fuck this. This is not going to be how it is. And then from that point on, it was, you know, things changed, it seemed like. But, uh, you know, uh, congrats, Greg. And a good performance by Brian Jackson. He put on a show. Brian always puts on a show. You know, you're not going to have a, a fight from Brian Jackson where you're like, well, that that wasn't entertaining in some fucking form or fashion. And same for Greg, for that matter. So these guys uh, definitely put on a great performance. Uh, and props to both of them. We'll go to uh, Jeff first, and then we'll we'll go to Craig, of course, after. Yeah, man. It's, uh, um, I mean, I know, like you said, as soon as the fights, you know, started, I think Tim was talking to somebody or looking down at his paper and looked up, and it was just that kind of weird moment where he goes, wait, is that Brian Jackson on top of Greg? Like, did... <laughs> Did he take him down? And it was like, yeah. I mean, it was just so the weirdest moment of, that's not what I expected to look up and see because it happened so quick. And it was just like, no, that's supposed to be the other way around. You know, uh, the white guy's supposed to be on top, not the black guy. That's what I picked. That's what I thought. You know, um, but, um, man, look, it is what it is. And like I said, I guess I'm the guy on here who just says it and keeps it real. Uh, I don't think any of us expected that. And I think this is just one of those things where, um, you know, he surprised me. He surprised him. And I bet he surprised Greg, too. Um, he was game. He was game, you know. Um, and like I said, he dominated that first round. And he hit Greg with some shots where they were the ooh and ah shots. Like, oh, shit, that was solid. You know, like really solid shots. Um and I and I looked at him at one point and I say, Greg's done. And I didn't mean done isn't done in the fight. I meant done cardio wise. Uh, I saw a couple. You know, Greg was taking some deep breaths at the end of that first round. And so you know, you got to start questioning yourself. Look, I I hang out with Greg at, at fights when he's commentating. Greg likes to party. Greg likes to drink. So I'm sitting there going, Did Greg train for this fight as hard as he should have or could have, or is this good time, Greg? who was probably drinking last Friday night, you know, uh, watching a football game or something. So, you know, all those questions crept into my mind. And after the first round, I don't think anybody would blame me for saying, did Greg underestimate his opponent and, you know, think that this was going to be, a, you know, a cakewalk? And is it fixing to backfire and bite him in the ass? Because uh, that's what it felt like after the first round. Um, but like Tim said, what, what else can I say? I mean, the guy took a beating in the first round. Greg, you took a beating in the first round. 
Uh, you weren't real pretty to begin with, but you weren't pretty after the first round. Um, but it's just one of those things. You see it happen all the time. It's almost like some people, you just beat them into waking up, and he got hit. It's like Hulk Hogan. Mother just starts <laughs> yeah. shaking. He just starts shaking, and you hit him again, and he's shaking, and he stands up, and then the fucking finger comes out, and it says, no. you it's it. I'm done. This is, I fuck this. This hurts. You know, I'm in a bad way. I don't want to go another round. We got to fucking get this shit over with. I fucked up in the first round. I need to get out of here and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And he landed one to me, looked right on the fucking temple. Oh yeah. Um, and it was just that it's always that pretty knockout where it's not like a huge, fucking Francis Ngannou heavyweight shot. It's just, it hits the button, you know, right. It could have just been one knuckle on the temple, but it hits the fucking button. And it's always good. It's always a good knockout when the body falls forward, yeah. you know, um, cause that's when, you know, you didn't just knock them out. Like that's when, you know, you hit the button. It's almost like the off switch. You turn the robot off and the little, machine the little doll just falls to the ground he hit the button he went down and the whole stoppage man i was talking to somebody the day that watched the replay and they were blaming jimmy for a bad stoppage they they couldn't hear and they didn't know the story behind it you got to be dumb man look you won the first round there's still two fucking rounds left there's still 10 minutes left what are you talking shit in a fight for what are you yelling bitch hit me or bitch whatever he was saying he was yelling who does that you know these are fucking four ounce gloves you're going to call somebody a bitch one second and then you're asleep the next it's stupid man whether you were really saying tap 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 or bitch 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 or whatever it was he said he said um you got a fucking mouthpiece in and no one can understand what you're saying they just hear you screaming what do you think the referee is going to do? You've got your head turned trying to block shots. He can't read your fucking lips. He can't hear what you're saying. You know, that was just dumb, man. It was just a dumb move. And, uh, and he paid for it, you know, but I don't know. I'd have to go back. I don't want, I haven't watched the replay on Greg's fight, but I almost feel it. Was he, was he using his hand though, as he was saying it? So, you know, Jimmy was explaining like, like maybe he was doing some sort of tap with his hand, but yelling tap, tap, tap or something. I don't know. It was just bad. He he put him whether he was doing it or not. He didn't help himself by talking in the fight. Um, now one of the questions I had, which I which I I said something to Tim during the fight, and Greg, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you were your mouthpiece had a little bit to do with your problems. Um, you know, I know unfortunately, well fortunately, I know the story before the fight, but Greg couldn't find his mouthpiece, and he had to hurry up and leave and go get just a boiling bite mouthpiece. And it looked like he was having trouble keeping it in his mouth uh, or, or that it wasn't comfortable uh, in his mouth. And he kept, you know, letting it kind of hang out a little bit or one side of it hang out a bit. Um, and I know sometimes just little things like that fuck with you. You know, they fuck with your head. They get in your mind. Uh, Greg, was that, was that true? Was that the case? I mean, I'm not saying you're going to blame your performance on a mouthpiece, but was that giving you problems? I, I mean, the is, I don't know. Like, it was just – it was just one of those bullshit mouthpieces you go and buy for like five bucks at the sporting goods store, and uh, it was like it, the whole. It was just way too big, and it like it was going down with them the top of my mouth and covering everything up. But that no, no, it's just uh, right off the rip. I uh, 
I was just thinking I'm just going to want to end this night early. And I was really just thinking I'm going to show stone hands that he, he ain't shit really. And I went for that big haymaker. And as soon as I did, I overextended my body and he just, you know, like a boxer will do stepped off to the, you know, stepped off to his left and just got out of the way real easy. And I just reached for his leg. And when I did, I pulled myself, I just wanted to pull myself in the garden. And once I did that, I was like, well, we're going to be here for a minute because he has some really, really, really strong pressure, like some real strong, like just, he was just like parallel on me. So that's when I was wanting to slap in the, uh, the, the triangle, but he kept his hips up real high and I couldn't pull, I couldn't reach up to pull my leg. Cause it's, I was reaching over to his other side and I was trying to get his arm and really just, just fucking break his arm any which way I could. And that's when you could hear his, uh, you know, right, was right before he slammed me on my back too. But it, uh, when I was trying to do that, he could, he started to tap and, uh, his, 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 you know, gun squad over saying, you don't, you know, don't you fucking tap, don't tap. And then he started firing <laughs> off shots. And that's, uh, there was the elbow that he hit me with right on top of the head. It was probably like within the last minute of the round. And I was just like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold him in this because all the blood's rushing in his head right now. He doesn't know this, but when he raises back up, it's all going to try to go back down his body and he's not going to have enough oxygen to put any more umph on his punches. So that was the thing when we went, when we were going to the second round. I mean, I wasn't really gassed. I mean, I don't know why everybody was saying, I mean, I just, I'm just a slow moving country boy. I'm not like, I'm not going to go out there and fire and jab and get in and out. I mean, that's, that's not how I am. I'm like, have you watched any of my fights? You're not going to see me like running after something and doing, I'm not going to be super duper aggressive. I just kind of, I'm there in the pocket and if we're, we're, we're banging, we're banging, you know? So. Well, sure. Uh, Let me go back and say, I've known Greg for a little while, but I don't have that history of, I did not ever see a Greg Hopkins fight until he came off the table and went pro. So I have no history of any amateur career or amateur fights. I, I never recall or remember seeing any of your previous fights. So I don't have that to go off of, you know, I don't have that history of being able to go back and watch, you know, your library. That's all good. Well, and then when we, when we were going to the second round, uh, you know, I mean, I got up and I was, uh, the thing was, is I just, uh, I wanted, I didn't really want no help up or nothing like that. And mouthpiece. Yeah. That's when it was starting to, cause when I bit it, I bit it too hard and it kind of went through and it was just a crap mouthpiece. It was. And then when we got over there, Sterling and Matt were telling me, you need to do this. If you get in that position again, and pull the triangle, and I just said, I don't, I'm not going back to the fucking ground. I'm just going to stand here because he's not going to be able to hit me hard anymore. And then when we started going, it's when I realized, like, he tagged me with that left hook when I was backing up, and that's the exact moment when you said that I was coming towards y'all, and he just rushed in, and I was like, he doesn't need to do that. So then I just, I, you know, I head snapped him and pulled his head in, and I was going to pull him to a front headlock, and he came out. And that's when I was like, well, you know what? He's been fucking tagging me this whole goddamn fight. If he's going to fucking tag me, he's going to fucking tag me. So I'm just going to come forward because I can't reach him. So I'm just going to go in because I got more power than he does. I'll have, I'll have more power than he does the whole fight. I got some stone hands too. And that's just what I wanted to do is show you all that eventually he was going to wear down. And when he did, I was going to get my one fucking shot. And when I did, I was going to make it count. So I looked at him. Right, I was looking at him and I threw, you know, because I was just head hunting the whole time. And then right there, when he's, he started to bring his hands up. I saw his rib cage wide open and I looked in his eyes and he kind of went and I just grazed his rib and that's when he dropped his hands and then I came straight over with the left and then he went down and as he was going down, I went and I hit him once in the head over his uh, shoulder and then I hit him once under the shoulder and then I put my legs in and as he did that, he put his hand on the back of his head and he tapped his head and said, tap, tap, tap 
And then I hit him one more time as Jimmy was coming in. He said, that's it. And I said, he said tap, didn't he? He goes, yeah, that was a tap. I said, all right. So I rolled off of him. But I, don't, I didn't really give a shit. I never agree, really technically agreed to the whole haircutting thing. So even if he had beat me, I didn't give a fuck. We were going to fight again. There was nobody going to cut my fucking hair. Okay? So I just told him he can keep his hair. <laughs> oh, so you, uh, you was going to renege on it. That's what you're saying. You no, y'all really was gonna sit. Y'all was gonna get to see a free fight. Is what the fuck was gonna happen? I wouldn't. I didn't. I, he just wanted to talk shit and build a fight. If he wanted to do that, he can do that. But I wasn't gonna cut my fucking hair. I never <laughs> said I was gonna cut my fucking hair. I just said. I said put it in the contract, and it was never in the contract. And I said if you fucking want it, put it in the fucking contract. Yeah. You know. But if he beat me, then he we were fighting again, and it wouldn't have been in the cage. So. <laughs> Bottom. I gotta say, Greg, you missed out on an opportunity to go viral. Like I, we, me and Hobbs mentioned it because you guys came out and you hugged it out to begin the second round. And I'm like, if he just hit a belly to belly right here, that would go viral real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was expecting. As soon as you guys clinched up, fuck it, like, belly to belly, motherfucker, belly to belly, right then we would have <laughs> fucking, we would have, our viewership would have went up, fucking. Oh yeah. You would, would fucking times, man. Well, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 shake it out with Greg anymore. He's got he's got plans in his head now. Uh, overall, a great fight. We'll get to the aftermath of it at the end of this here, but we'll we'll continue on. Uh, all uh, all through a clean sweep, Justin. Yes. Uh, no, on that one, Paul took Jackson's. Oh, Paul! Paul, Paul fell off. Paul, he fell behind. Fell behind. That's it. Oh, is man. Paul going to be picking every he week, lost, or is it going to be like he a, lost a Roy, he, or is it a he, guest? He lost to Roy He he on his birthday, and now he's going to probably, I believe these last two are probably unanimous, so he's probably going to be in last place going into this next event. Uh, co-main event, it was the Phoenix, uh, Liv Parker, making her uh, long-awaited debut finally at Featherweight. There's been a couple fights where, you know, um, it was supposed to be at featherweight, but then, uh, you know, the Jamie Driver fight, Jamie got sick, and so she needed to make it 150, so it ended, ended up not being featherweight fight, but this time it was, and, and so she made that weight, which was a big milestone for her because she's been having to fight above that weight, which is really hard to find, uh, you know, professional opponents. So uh, congratulations to her on making that weight, and as well as a very impressive victory over Carolyn Biscopro, who made the ride down from Michigan, and uh, from the rip, uh, you could just see like like um, Olivia landed like two. I mean, they were they were really hard <laughs> shots to the head early. I mean, they were just like the first two punches she threw, and they landed really hard. And you could tell that they were they affected Carolyn uh, very much. Um, and when they went to the ground, uh, Olivia it was you know going from uh, submission to submission, working an uh, Americana for a while. But uh, ended up getting a uh, reverse triangle and uh, winning that submission of the night. Gee, uh, from War Tribe, who up until that point, I thought that Roy had it with that arm bar. But uh, it was Olivia Parker with the reverse triangle uh, to top that in the co-main event and move to 4-0, more, more importantly. And uh, I would think now on the radar of uh, some of the bigger promotions now that she is officially a featherweight. Uh, Greg, you didn't get to see this one. I'd say it was after your fight, huh? Did you uh, did you get to catch the replay of it? No, I actually I just walked out of the cage and I was actually you know doing all my meet and greets and hanging out with all my all my friends and everything. And 
<laughs> they were like, you know, hey man, hey man. I was like, yo, hold on a second, y'all. Y'all gotta see this girl. She's like a fucking man. Hold on, just watch. Yeah. And, they, and like, there's like sixty, like sixty people in the room, and they all turned around simultaneously. And right when they said, "Pow," Gee, oh man, <laughs> they said, "God, cracker." Yeah, I know. Everybody was like, "Ooh!" Everybody, everybody looked like that movie Friday went went with Smokey. <laughs> they said. Oh my! I, I it was. A, it, I wish we had that on camera when that happened because everybody just whoa. Because I was like kind of you know further back from the cage, but you could see it. You know, you're close no matter where you're at the show. So it's just oh that that was yeah that that yeah. I love Liv Parker. It's awesome. Uh, Jeff, uh, your uh, thoughts? Impressive performance from Liv, and uh, now I would think at four and zero she may be uh, start getting some calls. Uh, yeah, let's go back to Greg real quick one more time, Greg. Because I, I I left. And I never got to see the end of it. Did you let Mark stitch you up? Mm-hmm. Mark told me it didn't need it. Okay. I, so. Yeah, I tried to stick around to see if you actually <laughs> let fucking Mark Ball stitch <laughs> well, you dur- up, man. During the fight, during the fight, once he he hit me with the last minute, he hit me with the elbow, and that's what cracked me open. And uh, and then like once he saw my my nose was already cut from from New Year's Eve. But like the, the the head, he busted with his elbow. But once he busted it, he was trying to pull the cut apart, and you can see him putting his hands on my head and trying yeah, to pull yeah, the cut it apart. And he was jabbing his, you know, his scruff, his damn scruff chin, just chinning me right in my nose, rubbing it back and forth, you know. And I was just like, this shit don't hurt. My adrenaline was going. I didn't fucking even know I was bleeding yet, you know. I didn't. Well, yeah, didn't but we know. were all just sitting in the back, just you know, is the doctor here? Is the doctor not here? No, the doctor's gone. And then somebody said Mark can sew it up, and that's when we all just kind of looked at each other like, "Oh, is he gonna let Mark fucking? Is he gonna let fucking Shaky sew that shit up?" I was like, "Man, does it need stitches?" Because I thought it needed two. I thought it needed at least two or three, maybe. And uh, but by hell, by the time I could even find Mark by the end of the night, it was all like dried up, and I was like, "Well, shit, fuck it, it's it's together, it ain't going nowhere." Yeah. I super glue my shit. No, sorry, Mark. But I fucking super glue my shit before I let it, before I let it shaky fucking sew my shit up. Uh, man, Olivia Parker, what do you say? Like I said, I, it's another one where I think uh, we said everything in the post-fight interview that we can say about this fight. Uh, quick, impressive win. It's what we all picked across the board. We we all saw it going that way, and and she made us all look like geniuses. Because uh, that's what Olivia does now. Um, the 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 story for this fight is everything we talked about in the post fight interview. You're four and zero in a division that you know uh, these quote unquote bigger promotions. And when I say bigger promotions, uh, there's not a slap on. It's money is what makes them bigger promotions, not quality always, but money makes them bigger promotions sometimes. Uh, but these bigger promotions, you're in a, a weight division that these bigger promotions are um, scrambling uh, to find fighters for because they have, quote-unquote, a couple of superstars uh, or, or names in that. So they're having to build divisions uh, around these uh, you know, couple of 145ers out there. She hit her mark. That was the fight within the fight was the weight cut. She finally hit her goal uh, that her and her coach set you know, uh, a few years ago. So, um, you know, I, I, I think there's no reason why we should see her back in a Valor cage. You know, and I don't mean ever in the future, but next. Like, there's no, there's just no reason why her next fight uh, is for Valor. And if it is, then it's a treat for all of us. Um, but I'm pretty sure 
I speak for Tim or I can speak for him in this instance, he's probably going to be happy to not have to scour, you yeah. know, um, half the, the, the country, um, for Olivia Parker, you know, uh, for her next fight. If he doesn't have to, <laughs> um, let, let somebody else that gets, uh, you know, paid a lot more money do it. Well, hey, what'd um, she say? Let her, pl- let me play is what she said. Wasn't it? Let yeah, me play. Let me play. Let her play. Let me play. And, and, uh, yeah, fuck it. Let her play, man. It's time. Uh, she, she, let her know, let her, you know, a lot of these fighters, man, they just like, let me know how good I am. Give me a chance to see how good I am. Cause I think I'm pretty damn good. Um, let me find out either shut me up or let me prove to you one of the two, but let me find out, let me come to your playground and play. Uh, and there's no reason why she shouldn't. And, and, you know, Invicta, yeah, that'd be, that'd be fine. But why not Bellator? You know, sure. why not? Why does she have to stop off in Invicta? I mean, Bellator just spent a lot of money bringing in the, the queen of 145 into their promotion. Now, they brought her in because there's already a 145 champs there. But outside of those two ladies, once that fight's over, w- what do either of them have? Yeah, you, know, you got to think they want to build some you know, contenders. Right, exactly. So you've got to have something there for both of those ladies, the winner and the loser of that fight. Um, they can't just keep fighting each other every few months. So you, they've got to bring in some, some, some fresh meat, man, some fresh faces. Um, and it's not like Olivia's going in there. You know, we've seen Bellator give some girls a shot that are one and one or zero oh and one with a losing record. Um, but what do you do with them after that? Olivia has built herself up some padding there. So even if she comes in and loses about, um, you know, God forbid she does, but so well, fuck what? She's still sitting at four and one. She's still, she's still marketable with a good record. So she's somebody that these other promotions don't have to just look at to fill a one-time spot, you know, uh, with her record at being four and oh, there's no reason why they don't give her a multi-fight. Um, because she's got life in her, you know, uh, she's young in the sport, you know, maybe she's not a spring chicken age wise, like, you know, these 18 and 19 year olds that are coming in, but she's young in the sport. She hasn't damaged her body. In fact, much to the contrary, she's done nothing over the last three years, but improve her physical, uh, state, improve her body. Uh, so she's fresh, man. Her body's fresh. Give her a multi-fight, let her come in and, uh, let her do her thing and let her get paid, man. Let her get some money. She's earned it. She deserves it. She deserves the money. She deserves a shot. So fuck it. Give her the call. Tim, use your fucking hookups and make a fucking call. You know, hook her up, Tim. Shit. <laughs> Trust me. I've been in uh, some people's ear and hopefully we can make some things happen sooner than later. Well, uh, these are those times too. When you have a title fight, you know, on a card, uh, if you notice, like when the UFC main event is a title fight uh, or a, a heavyweight title fight is your main event, well, that's the card where you'll put some other heavyweights on so people can see, you know, some other people in that division that you can maybe build a story to. So when that Bud Cyborg fight comes on, man, maybe you should have a, a, a 145 female bout somewhere on the undercard or something. Sure. Um, just so you get a sneak peek of other people in that division that maybe you can build a story off of. Maybe you put two 145 girls somewhere on that undercard and one of them just fucking really impresses. Well, now you got a built in story, you know, now you got a built in, uh, you know, 
Facebook uh, post or something or, you know, a tweet on there. Maybe you can get some, some, some hype behind it. So why not, man? What do you got to lose? Put a, put her on an undercard for, you know, a Bellator card and let's, let's see what she's got. Hey man, don't don't gotta don't gotta sell me on it. I'm definitely uh, going to see what I can do to get the wheels turning on that one for sure. Uh, clean sweep, Justin. I'm thinking, yeah. Yep. Main event heavyweights. This one was another one that uh, you know uh, there was some moments of trepidation as uh, big sexy Billy Swanson took on scary Carrie Perkins. Big sexy coming in at two and one from the American Killer Bees. Uh, scary Kerry Perkins uh, he owns his own gym uh, down there in Huntsville, Alabama, and it was his pro debut after a, uh, a successful amateur career. So uh, this one was uh, it was uh, it, you know Billy was able to get the takedown fairly easily when he wanted it, but Scary Kerry was able to reverse position at one point and was on top of Billy, delivering some very heavy blows. Uh, Billy said that they were definitely some heavy shots, uh, but, uh, you know, Billy, uh, he, he dug down, weathered the storm and ended up uh, coming out on top himself and delivering some even heavier damage from top uh, when he was given the opportunity. And eventually Scary Carey was forced to tap to the strikes uh, there in the first about midway to late in the first round. There is a big sexy moves on to three and one now as a professional. And he's another guy that's uh, he's on the rise. You know, he's a guy that uh, he's a marketable, he's a marketable dude. He can talk uh, definitely uh, charismatic and uh, in a heavyweight division that, you know, once you get to four and one, five and one, uh, you can start getting some opportunities. I would think uh, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Um... This is another one of those fights where, you know, for me, everything we talked about after the fight um, still holds true today. Um, I think that was the – that may have been the best Billy Swanson we've seen, you know, in my opinion. This was – well, maybe not the best we've ever seen, but the last few fights, whether they've been his losses or his, his first couple of fights after his losses, they just hadn't really seemed like Billy, you know. He, he Even in the wins – Something's just been off, you know, and I know, I mean, I'm hoping I'm not out of line by saying I know there's been maybe like some personal things in his life, whatever they are. There's just something that's been off about Billy, even in his wins here recently. And this was the old Billy again, you know, and we joked around before the fight when we were kind of just sitting over at one of the tables before rules meeting and stuff. And I just told him, Billy, no, no disrespect, man. It's like, but. There's just some shit you got to stop in there. Stop with, you know, the standing up against the cage and covering up and letting these heavyweights tee off on you. And it was just kind of that talk where be Billy Swanson. There's nothing to, there's no reason to not do what you're good at, you know, because you're unstoppable when you do what you do. Um, you don't owe it to anybody and you don't have to prove anything to anybody that you can stand and strike with the best or that you can take a punch. You don't owe us that. You owe yourself a win. Just fucking do what you do, man, because you do it almost you do it better than ninety-nine percent of, of the population. And and he fought like that again, you know, last weekend. Um it was it was refreshing to see and he was just you know, in good spirits. You know, he was taking some heavy shots on the ground. But you wouldn't have known it after the fight, man, because I think he felt so good about his performance and he should. Um he just seemed like, you know, I don't know any other way of putting it. He just seemed like the old Billy Swanson that he was before these last, I don't know, what, two or three fights. Um, 
and it was just it was just pleasant, refreshing uh, to see the guy smile again and be happy with his performance. Uh, the was it the Saudi show? I think you know he mm-hmm. won that fight, but I think he I think he hated his own performance. I mean, he hated it. He was not happy with that. He was. Um, you know, I don't mean he shouldn't have been embarrassed, but I, but he gave off that feeling like he was embarrassed of his performance, even though he won the fight. And and he was not. I think he was happy with his performance, um, with, with this fight. And it was it was a joy to watch and and see it, and just see him to be happy again. And you know, his head seemed to just be in a in a good spot, man. And um, I'm excited about what that Billy Swanson, you know can do again. Um, but I mean, that being said, I mean, Perkins had him in some precarious positions, um, which I was, you know, I was a little surprised with. Um, but those are the things when you can walk away those with, with those kind of wins, happy about your performance and know that you got put in those kind of spots. Um, it just further justifies why you should be proud uh, of that outcome. So, um, I mean, I was a spectator in that fight, you know, once it gets to the last one and I know my work is done, um, it's always the main event. I can sit back and really just watch and, and have fun because the night's over with uh, at that point. And I was just happy that that's how we ended the night, man. Greg, did you get a can? Uh, you know, your, your buddy's a big sex. You get a chance to, to catch his fight. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> there's no contrary to what Jeff's saying. And uh, I, 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 I don't disagree with him about for you know, finding that old Billy Swanson, that old that old motivation that he's got to you know that you got to find to get after it, and uh, that's what I, I can see where you're saying with that. But I can also uh, say on the other side of things, the competition that Billy's fighting right now is uh, is pretty stiff, and I mean like heavyweight, you can't just uh, you know it's just you don't really know how good or how bad somebody is because at any moment at any time you can get knocked the fuck out. It can happen with one. Oh, shot. I agree. Yeah, I and, agree. I agree with you 100 yeah. percent on, on that aspect of it. Like. Even if you're not good, you're a fucking heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and like you said, you can't be standing back and covering up and getting hit with those shots, those uppercuts, and like because we know you're tough, but you don't got to take that shit, man. Like you just you go after it. I mean, like you know, but uh, but Billy, yeah, I just uh, I think that he's he's but he's been fighting anybody and everybody that stepped up and wants to wants to fight him. So uh, I'm excited to see who we get to see him fight next. Well, we're gonna get to see Billy next. Uh, it looks like March the 28th. It's Saudi Daisy uh, for uh, that big Valor card there. Uh, we'll be releasing uh, his fight here soon. It'll be another fun one. Uh, a blast from the past, if you will. A guy that uh, you're, you're not, not going to fucking with tell this. us, are you? Uh, what's that? You're not gonna. You're not gonna fucking tell us, are you? Well, I yeah, I hate to to put my eggs uh, or well, no, I don't want to put the, the, ah. the horse because then we end up not getting contracts signed and uh you know talking about things you're gonna that, fucking rub and tug on it and then yeah, not finish right, me. Right, i got right. you uh-huh. <laughs> justin uh clean sweep again there and give us the final t- uh, tally for the evening yeah that finished us off so greg and hob hob during the lead with uh eight and two on the night and paul went seven and three not bad guys not bad uh good good records all around actually mm-hmm. so uh just one fight uh difference and we'll We'll be uh, back to it again for the February 7th card, which we'll be beginning to, to preview in uh, in earnest. Coming up next week, that's going to be the main event uh, featuring uh, David Robbins taking on Demir Fratvigovic for the 155 championship, five rounds. And, man, uh, 
We announced it here earlier in the week. That's going to be a Saturday, guys. I'm sorry I said February 7th. It's February 8th. I've got to start getting used to promoting February 8th because mm-hmm. it's Saturday, February the 8th at the Cotton Eye Joe this time. And I'm excited about doing a, a uh a Saturday show there because uh, I think that uh, leads to uh, a lot more people being able to make it out with it not uh, being after a work day on a Friday. Um, and uh, for a main event like that, it deserves to have as many eyes on it as possible. Um, before we wrap this Tim, up, of Tim. course, yes, Tim, I, I got to interrupt here. Cause I don't like, I don't like tying. I don't like tying at anything. Yeah. 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 Can we get some extra, can we get some extra credit this week? For what? Can we? Let us pick. There's a huge fucking UFC pay per view this weekend. Okay. Yeah, let yeah, me yeah. and Greg and you send you send Paul a text, and you let us pick the winner and way for extra points this weekend on the main event for Saturday okay, night. Yeah, Let's I do extra credit. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's all right. Fair. You, you, Greg, that's fun. Greg, you in? Put the contract. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let's fucking do it. Somebody flip a coin. Who's got a coin? Who's going to be honest here? I think Justin's the most honest. Yeah, I got you. Justin's the most honest. Yeah. You got a coin? All right. All right. Yeah, Greg, you call it. Heads or tails? All right. Heads. Greg's calling heads. All right. Here we go. Tails. Tails. All right. I win the bet, so my choice is Greg goes first. I want to hear his pick first. Oh, I, oh, Conor, Conor McGregor okay, I'll, I'll or Donald a, Cerrone, and then and then by how will they win? I'll take uh, Conor McGregor by uh, TKO in the second round. God dang it. Y'all are not going to believe me when I say that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to fucking say. Holy shit. Okay. You, you win the coin toss, you defer, and then he takes your pick. <laughs> and then he takes my fucking pick. Yeah. Okay, so I can't go under because that's just going to be too quick. Uh, That's the smart one. Connor the first. Yep. I'd go first. I'd go first too if I were you, Jeff. Ah, dang it! I bet you would, Greg. I don't fucking trust you. Um, I, I'm definitely going McGregor. Um, but I, but I think if you go third or later, you have to switch the whole fucking pick if it goes third or later. So, um, yeah, okay, fuck it. I'm going Connor in the first. Let's see if we can break this fucking tie. All right. All right. I just, I just think honestly, for my pick, is it is if you go third or fourth round, you can't pick Connor. You got to go the other way. So, so text (laughs) Paul, get his fucking pick. Let us know what it was. Let's see if we can break this tie for extra points, extra credit this week. Paul doesn't really matter. No, what's that? Paul's pick doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, Paul. Yeah, Paul didn't finish tied. He was. He was. Oh, that's right. He didn't tie. He's behind us anyway. This is just me and Greg. All right. Cool. Fuck Paul. That works. That works. (laughs) Hey, I'm about to lose battery, guys. I'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. All right. right. See you guys, man. So that wraps up our recap of Valor 68. Uh, Didn't go without some drama at the end. Uh, Of course, after Greg's fight, he was called out on social media by Charlie C4 Alexander. Uh, Thought uh, Greg thought your performance was uh, not impressive. Uh, You know, you called you a clown, a bum, a fraud. Um, and has called you out in your hometown for well, in, in your to your in your home region, in your home territory, we'll say, in your backyard, if you will, uh, for the March twenty eighth Saudi Daisy car that will be Valor seventy. Um, he's offered to come up to one hundred and seventy five pounds to meet you. Of course, Charlie last time out 
uh, in a war uh, with uh, David Robbins at uh, 155 pounds for for the championship. So, you know, he's been fighting top level competition, but a weight class down. Um, more than a weight class down. If, if you think about 175, uh, Greg, your thoughts on the situation and uh, potential fight with C4 uh, March 28th? I've I've said everything I've said to Charlie. I've talked to him in you know private message. We've uh, you know we've talked about what we could do, what we could do, and I tell you, he is he said he wanted to do it. He all he said he wanted was a verbal commitment from me, and I gave it to him. I I gave it to him on Facebook. I told you know I told I tagged you and Eric. Turner and uh, I said make the contract so uh we're waiting we're waiting on his management to uh give us the go well uh yeah you know uh that we're in we're in talks literally as we speak uh, last I, I heard from his manager about 10 minutes ago and uh as of now we're still not a go on negotiating that fight but we're working on it I'm hopeful we can work things out I don't know uh I don't know for sure. Obviously, at this point, it's uh, a little more murky than it was. Uh, you know, I don't know why we're so hopeful right now. When he called me a bum and you know said, "I mean, I don't know what we're waiting on." Like this is what he wanted. I, I until that other day, I had a lot of respect for Charlie. I hung his ugly ass picture up 250 times in fucking Nashville. So it's yeah, I know, I know, but my dogs even. You, you said the name, my dog starts barking. What the fuck? Don't say that name in this house. So I'm sitting over here like, no, just if he, he wanted the fight. He wanted the fight. I, 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 I had respect for him until this point in time. So tell that angry Play-Doh motherfucker, like, sign the contract. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, we, we've definitely uh, invested a little bit of time and effort into it now the past 48 hours. So hopefully uh, that will come to fruition without too much uh, him and Han here. What's uh, his reasoning? Uh, right now, the the – the, the current uh, reasoning is that uh, the, the offer from our end is not uh, acceptable. So I've, I've just upped that, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, you you know? sure made it sound like he would fight for free. I don't know why. Because, he's I even mean, I'm, about how much? How much you want to get paid to fight a bum who only fights bums? How much you want? Like really? I mean, he let me know in the message. I know I don't get paid shit to fight. I ain't making nothing. Like, go ahead, fight me. You know, you'll get paid a little bit to fight me. I'm like, yeah, I know I'll get paid to fight you. So go ahead. You said it. Let's go. Well, I mean, <laughs> whatever. You know, you won't, I'm not getting paid to fight. You're not going to get paid to fight me. Like, you can't sit there and fucking bitch and say, I'm going to fight this bum, but you're going to pay me this much money to fight him. Who? No. It don't work like that. <laughs> Dumbass. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, logic prevails uh, in this one, and we have some news for you guys on next week's Valor Hour uh hopefully uh with uh announcing that fight and and more even for that big card March the 28th. Um, all right, let's shift gears, guys. Uh, we're moving on to uh, the fight card this weekend. We'll briefly touch on that as we're starting to run a little bit long. Uh, it is the UFC 246 on pay-per-view from Las Vegas this weekend. The big win, of course, they just touched on Conor McGregor taking on the Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Um, five rounds, the big return of Conor McGregor. Um, you know, uh, Cerrone coming off a big knockout loss to... Uh, to Justin, uh, Justin Gaethje. So, um, you know, to me, I, I feel like just, you know, recency bias, if anything, tells me I just foresee Connor with a knockout here. Uh, of course, I think Cerrone, the more well-rounded fighter, um, you know, he's he's uh, he's got more ways to win, if you will. But I just think the way that this uh, shakes out is uh, with the notorious one with his hand raised by a stoppage, probably in the first half of the fight. 
Um, of course, uh, let's get each of you guys take on it and then we'll, uh, just do an overall undercard. Uh, you know, I'll just go to each of you for the undercard as a whole and you can let me know if there's anything that stands out to you. Let's go to you first, Justin. Uh, I love the fight. You know, I think that it's, it's been, um, a nice change of pace just to see somebody, Connor, give respect to somebody. Cowboys, you know, holds all the records in the book. He's been around forever. Yeah. I've been watching Cowboys since. Before the WEC, he got picked up. There was a show uh, back then, the Tap Out guys that started, like, the clothing line or whatever had a show on MTV, I think it was, where they would just go pick up these, like, local fighters and take them around to events locally, you know, and uh, try to get a a name built. And that's kind of where he got onto the WEC from, I believe. And, um, you know, he's been around forever. And like you said, he's definitely got, I think, more ways to win. Um, But, you know, Connor, I think, is, is training for all that stuff, too. You know, he's he's he knows how to defend a double leg. He knows how to, you know, defend submissions. And, um, you know, he, he didn't do as bad against Khabib as, as most people thought he was going to in that department. Uh, but I don't think that Cerrone's even going even gonna to oblige him down there. I think he's going to stand up and try to fight with him. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, if Connor can take the high kick. I'm curious to see if, if Donald can take the left hand. Um I think it's going to be a fun fight. I really hope that it – I hope that it's not early. I hope that it, you know, goes late into the fight and uh, we get to see some some fireworks. Uh, Greg, your take. I got my DraftKings. I can give you the DraftKings lineup I got for the whole card if that's what you – if I don't have, like, a whole play on the card because I like – I mean – Yeah, I I'm, not, I'm not really asking for that. I just want to know about the main event. Oh, man, man. Yeah, I'm just, well, I'm just going for it. I'm, I'm taking Donald – I mean, I'm taking uh, you know, McGregor – like you said, in the first half fight, I, I personally won in the first round, and I was hoping that Jeff would trade with me. <laughs> like, when y'all are going to like, yeah, 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 fuck you. But I was going to keep it real and keep it in the second round. You know, I think he does. I don't know if he can handle that southpaw stance and that, that strong left. I don't think I don't think he's ready. Like he said years ago, Don Sperone, he's like, uh, you know, moves like he's stuck in the mud. I don't think that he's going to be fast enough. McGregor, McGregor, I mean, he's. It's, this is not the, uh, the, 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 the over, overzealous, cocky, overconfident Conor McGregor we've seen in the past years. And uh, quite frankly, I'm kind of upset with that. I didn't get to watch the press conference like Justin did. Uh, he could give you more insight on that. But uh, uh, with the respect factor here, I don't know how we're going to see. But I know once once they lock the cage, that both of those guys know it's all business. So I'm, uh, I'm, th- I'm taking McGregor. I think all that right. focus makes him a lot scarier than, than all the talk and, and, you know, all the bark. Right. The fact that he's that he is so focused and and being humble about it and stuff, I I think you know, and he's later. I mean, you know, he's older now. He's older, has kids. Like things just kind of change. He's got all the money. Like you know, part of part of the reason that McGregor was who McGregor was was to make waves and get people to talk, and, and he doesn't really have to do that anymore. You know, um, right. so you know, I think that what brought him to the show was his ability, and that's what we're really going to get to see now. It's more of that and less of the the antics. I mean, you know, that that takes time away from your training and your focus on the fight when you're, you know, trying to script things to say during interviews and, you know, think of punchlines to throw at the guy and, you know, all that little stuff. It just takes away from it, you know. Right. uh, He says he hasn't drank in three months and all this stuff. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if if, uh, a a determined, hungry Conor McGregor is scary. Do we know why uh, Grant Dawson and Chaz Scaly aren't fighting anymore on the card? 
Uh, it was uh, Dawson that pulled the day, but they didn't, he didn't really say why. He had a tweet that just said, due to circumstances beyond my control. Yeah. Okay. So that fights off. A uh, quick rundown of the rest of the card, and then I'll go back to you, Greg. You give me, uh, give us our your DraftKings plays for the week, okay. uh, along with your lock. Uh, one 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 fighter that would be your lock if you were playing multiple lineups. That would be uh, you, that would find his way into all of your lineups, if you will. Then Justin, I'll go to you for uh, overall thoughts on the rest of the undercard, and we'll be at this bitch. Um, the co-main event: Holly Holm uh, versus Raquel Pennington. We've got Alexia Linick versus Maurice Green. Claudia Gadelia versus Alexa Grasso. And then Anthony Pettis taking on Carlos Diego Fajaya. CDF makes it to the main card finally. Uh, that's a that's like one of my darlings. I always bet on CDF because the lines are always great, and he just fucking wins. Uh, he might pull it off this week, too. We'll see. Uh, step up against Anthony Pettis, obviously. Macy Barber looks to stay undefeated against Roxanne Matafari. That's one of the bigger favorites on the card. Andre Feely versus Sadiq Youssef. Tim Elliott takes on Askar, Askarov, uh, Nazrat, Hakparas takes on Drew Dober. And then on the early prelims, you've got Odie Osborne uh, versus uh, Brian Keller, uh, Sabina Mazo versus J.J. Aldrich, and Alexa Kamer versus Justin Ledette. That's some shit. I don't like the early prelims much <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, Greg, your uh, DraftKings strategy for the week and your uh, lock. I'm taking my two lows on a... At one at sixty nine hundred, and uh, that's going to be uh, Drew Dober. Then, like yeah. Then uh, my next one, of course, is going to be Anthony Pettis at seventy two hundred because I think he might get his value at seventy two hundred, even if he doesn't win this fight. He may go all three rounds, and he may get some flashy strikes. He may get. A, I don't know. He could win. He could pull it off and get something here. My two middles are going to be Maurice Green and uh, and Yusuf. Over a Philly right there. I just hope Philly doesn't come in like a world beater like we know he can, but I just don't see it happening right here. I think he get, I think Philly gets finished, and I think we get a lot of points from here. The Olenek one kind of scares me, but Green, but Olenek's been proven to be he's been beaten uh, enough enough to be you know to feel I'm feeling confident that Maurice Green can is young and everything. But I think he can get that one, maybe a finish there. Then my two heavy ones, of course, I'm taking Conor McGregor at 9,400. And uh, I think he gets the early stop there against uh, against Cerrone. And then I'm taking Macy Barber because uh, why the hell what not? She's going to score some points. Yeah, I like it. I think I like all of it except for Maurice Green. I'm not a real big Maurice Green fan. He's proved me wrong plenty of times. I just don't think he's that good. But Olenek's, you know, old and kind of plotty and slow. So, you know, who knows there? I really like the Drew Dober pick because – even if, even if Dober loses, you can pretty much bet he's going to go the rounds. It is hard mm-hmm. to finish fucking Drew Dober. So for that price, I like that a whole lot. Uh, Justin, uh, your thoughts on this undercard? Are you thinking, uh, you know, I me personally, I don't, you know, this is a, obviously a big main event. But there's not a whole lot on the undercard that, that just really excites me. I'll watch, I'll tune in, but I'm not like fucking stoked. What about you? Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, there's, there's no, um, nothing that really gets me super Super excited. I think Andre Philly and Sadiq Yusuf will be a fun fight. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the, the Dude Ober and, and Hoskarop fight could be good. I, I feel like Hoskarop, you know, has, has gotten people out of there pretty quick, it seems like. Um, so we'll see, you know, get to see a little more of him. Um, my lock of the night's Macy Barber. You know, the way that the, the lines, is, I think, are, are pretty spot on there. Uh, I hated this fight when they announced it um modifieries you know 
probably been been training martial arts longer than Macy's been alive. Um, but I just don't think she has the the grit and the the uh, the aggressiveness to to be able to hang in that fight. Um, I like the CDF and and Anthony Pettis fight. It's a big opportunity for Faya, uh, you know, and he's the favorite in this one. So um, it'd be interesting to see to see that one. Um, so, well, go ahead. Are, are we? I'm just wondering. Are we all in agreement that the the main event's pretty much carrying this whole show, or is this? Are there yeah, are there some? So. Other, okay, I didn't know. I felt like I don't know. I kind of was thinking that, but I mean, after you keep naming off these fights, I'm like, you know, I'm, the more he keeps talking about it, the more intrigued I get, and the, you know, the closer we get to it, I'm like, you know, I'm, uh, it's a little better than mediocre. Uh, yeah, I mean, not, I think they do they do together some pretty decent fights but this wasn't even on the calendar i mean this wasn't even supposed to be an event and connor right. wanted to fight in december and they couldn't make it happen so they added this fight and um you know i think they scrambled to get to get some decent fights together and did what they could but uh you know it's definitely not going to be one of the most stacked cards of the year um but i think the main event you know especially with connor having the time off that he's had you know it's been since since connor mcgregor's last win Cowboys fought 11 times. You know, Connor's fought once. Right. Um, so, like, you know, I, I think that Cowboys' stock has definitely gone up a lot in those four years. I don't think Connor's has gone down any. Um, you know, I think that I think they'll be able to sell pretty, pretty. Oh, yeah, heavy. yeah. He only fights once every three years now. You, you're not. There's yeah. nobody's gonna miss this fight. Yeah, I think probably fight of the night is uh, Claudia Gadelia and Alexa Grasso. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'll end up being a war. I think those are the two. Hottest ugly girls I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the main event is is you know pretty much carrying it. The rematch between Holly and Raquel Pennington doesn't do a whole lot for me. No. Um, but you know it's it's a, it's a fight to have. I think uh, I think Raquel might have a little uh, might have a little better chance this time. Uh, but I, I feel like it'll probably end up being kind of the same as it was the last time. Well, that is going to do it for our preview of UFC 246 and wrap us up for this episode of the Valor Hour. We'll be back next week as we start to dive into Valor 69, which is February the 8th, the Saturday at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. It's a big title fight. David Robbins taking on Demir Frabagovich and a whole lot more. We'll start running that down next week. Uh, thanks so much to our panelists for joining us this evening, as well as my co-host Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins, Jeff Hobbs. From the whole gang, I'm Tim Bloy, your host. We're signing off, and we'll see you guys next week. We're out. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I went on your website, and, and one of the things that – there was a couple of things that jumped out to me. One thing, it was like kind of like a banner ad type thing where it was a picture of you fighting, and it said, keep it simple, stupid. Can you explain to me where uh, <laughs> that, that mindset came from? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Harry Hoofs, he's my head coach, and his, his mindset, this, uh, you know, like – you don't need like uh, special things. You you have to train just simple, you know, like train hard and that's it. And yeah, yeah, this is my mindset too. You know, for me, it's like a hard work always pays off. So it's the same, you know, just work and fight and that's it. This is our job. 
Podcast. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.